Hello and welcome to our Secular Overeaters podcast series, where you'll hear from speakers who have found recovery from food and other addictions without God. For additional information, go to secularovereaters.org. And now let's get to today's podcast. The purpose of this group is to discuss the 12 steps, one at each meeting, and to share our personal experience with the step or anything related to the theme of the step. Many of us are inspired by the 12-step approach, but find that some of the original language and concepts don't align with our personal beliefs. During this meeting, we will read several different interpretations of the steps and discuss, as the varied individuals we are, what makes sense to us and what helps our recovery. As always, please take what you like and leave the rest. This group does allow crosstalk, but please make sure it's supportive. We don't have time limits on our shares, so please be aware of how many people are in the meeting and be mindful of the length of your share. We'll start by reading the Freethinker Alternative 12 Steps for Overeaters. Please take a turn reading a step or two and say pass when you're finished. And Karen, you were first. Then Kate, go ahead, Karen. Hi, I'm Karen, compulsive overeater and very grateful to be here. Step Freethinkers Alternative 12 Steps for Overeaters. Step one, we admitted we are powerless over food, that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe and to accept that we needed strengths beyond our awareness and resources to restore us to sanity. Pass. Thank you. And Kate, you're up. Three, made a decision to entrust our will and our lives to the care of the collective wisdom and resources of those who have searched before us. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Pass. Thank you. And Matt. I have admitted to ourselves without reservation and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're ready to accept help in letting go of all our defects of character. Pass. Thank you, Matt. Laura, you're up. Step seven, with humility and openness sought to eliminate our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Pass. Thank you. Mary? Made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Thank you, Mary and Judy. Step 11, sought through meditation to improve our spiritual awareness and our understanding of the OA way of life and discover the power to carry out that way of life. Step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you. Now, this month it's September, so we're going to be discussing step nine. We will be reading eight versions of the step the OA traditional, the free thinker, Buddhist, Cleveland atheist, humanist, practical, proactive, and SOS secular organization for sobriety. These sources can be found in the literature and websites listed in the chat and on the handout. Now, as before, please take a turn reading a version of the step and say pass when you're finished. I will call on you in the order you raise your hands. Jenny, you are up. Step nine versions. The OA principle for step nine is love. 
traditional OA and free thinker may direct amends to such people when wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Pass. Thank you. And Matt. Uh, the Buddhist version is made made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. In addition, made a con- conscientious effort to forgive all those who harmed us. Pass. Thank you. And Maria. Cleveland, whenever possible, we will carry out unconditional amends to those we have hurt, including ourselves, except when to do so would cause harm. Pass. Thank you. Jean. Humanist. We shall do all we can to make amends in any way that will not cause further harm. Pass. Thank you. Laura. Practical. Determined the best way to make amends to those we had harmed. Pass. Thank you. Linda. Proactive. I apply these new mindful behaviors in my everyday life. I sincerely apologize to people I have hurt, except when counterproductive. Pass. Thank you. And Serena, will you read the last one for us? SOS, um, I will make direct amends as I deem appropriate and not injurious to those whom I have harmed or negatively impacted and to myself. Okay, thank you to everyone who has read. Now, we are now uh, open for discussion about the steps. What does step nine mean to you? And what are your impressions of the different versions we just read? Please raise your hand when you're ready for a turn, and please allow everyone a chance to talk before speaking again. We're going to start with the participants who don't mind being recorded. We'd like to begin. Jenny, you got your hand up. Go ahead. Hi, I'm Jenny, sugar addict and compulsive eater. I remember being so scared of this step when I first got into OA because it just seems so big. And You know, it was reassuring when my sponsor told me, you know, you are taking steps to get there. You know, you got to go through steps one through eight before you get there. It's not like tomorrow you're going to go in there and you're going to start, you know, apologizing to people. So that was really reassuring. And I know that when I did get to step nine, um, I felt ready. And also I had more of a sense about who to make amends to. And the first time around, it was definitely looking at, you know, others that I had harmed. And the second time around, it was really focusing more on how I had harmed myself. And now I wish I'd really looked, you know, at myself first, but I was working a more traditional step study at the time. And I had a traditional sponsor. Um, Not that she didn't encourage me to look at myself, but I just feel like harms to self are just so big. And, And also recently, you know, making, sometimes making amends is not, you know, it's supposed to be like a, just a one way situation where you're not expecting something back from somebody else. You're telling them, you know, that you regret your behavior and then you're going to go ahead and you're going to change the way you behave and not behave the same way around them. But sometimes, you know, making amends may mean that you just, you know, especially with a person, if they're toxic to you, you know, maybe you just drop them and you don't even talk to them. So sometimes making amends can be to yourself and to be just letting go of relationships that are harmful to you. So anyway, pass. Thank you, Jenny. Karen will break our silence. Thanks. You know, I, I've always been afraid of step nine, too, because to me, it's um, it's just leaving myself and my vulnerability, like, really open. And um, when I think of step nine, too, I remember my mother, who was in AA, making her amends to me and 
my reaction to it, which was not all that wonderful. <laughs> and looking back, I, I wish I could have, or I wish I had done things differently, but I didn't, and, and there you are. But um, I like the proactive. I love the whole proactive thing anyway. I've, I've got that book. I just love it. And what I especially like is uh, the first line that says, I apply these new mindful behaviors in my everyday life. And to me, that's like just more than an, an action of making amends. It's like trying. It's still part of my recovery. And it's uh, to me, it's, it just feels like a more active form of recovery. It was like I'm applying the things that I have learned. It's not, it, it's just calling on all the things that um, I've done in the steps before I reach this one. And, and I find that very powerful. So I, I, I like the proactive one. Pass. Thank you, Karen. Judy, you're up. Hi, uh, Judy, habitual and compulsive overeater and sugar addict. And uh, like everybody, I, I'm actually doing step nine now, and I do find it incredibly intimidating. And in fact, I have been stalled on it. And I think, um, building on some of the things that have already been said today, one of the things that I find hardest about it is that even though I know I need to make amends with people, I have some hope that the relationships are there and and or that they can be recovered more easily having to try and recover them by by or not even try to recover them having to reach out to somebody and say hey do you remember that time I did this thing to you all of a sudden there's no hope we're ever going to be friends again you, you know that sort of thing and so I'm afraid of that I, I admit step nine comes with a lot of fear for me I also happen to agree that my favorite version of this step that I'm seeing for the first time is this proactive step. Uh, and I'm looking at this book uh, because I like the idea of making the adjustments in my life so that I'm not making these same mistakes that led me to need to make amends. And then so that when I go to somebody and say, I have to apologize in my head, I also know I've learned something from it that uh, uh, that that my behavior has changed, that I'm not going to repeat this behavior because I'm now living a better life if I'm following this step nine. And I like that a lot. So hopefully, as usual, I always feel like I never make sense, but hopefully I have. And thank you, everyone. Thank you, Judy. Janet, you're up. Um, thank you. Um, all that's been said has resonated with me quite a lot. I, I also really respond to the proactive step in the same way. I want to live going forward um, as a better person, a better friend, a better listener, more um, compassionate, more understanding that everybody has underlying reasons for their behaviors and for sometimes making mistakes or things that might rub me wrong. So I like that idea of proactivity. And in terms of making amends, I've been very afraid of this. Uh, I did recently make amends to my husband for something that happened or a reaction I had 30, probably 35 years ago when we've only been married a couple of years, but he had made a comment in a restaurant at the table about my eating. Was I going to finish that? And it 
struck me so hard that I got up from the table and I walked out into a thunderstorm and I, I just walked sobbing for the next hour, hour and a half. We were on vacation. Um, so when he came back, I made it pretty clear to him that saying anything about my eating was absolutely taboo, which shut him down for the last 35 years in terms of showing any kind of concern for my health as it related to my eating. So anyway, because of the healing that I've been able to do so far in secular, I was able to apologize. And he took it beautifully and very lovingly. And um, I wish that I had seen him as an ally rather than as a barrier or a critic. So anyway, I'm moving forward with that. And being able to make amends that way was very, very liberating. Thank you. Thank you, Janet. Valerie, you're up. Hi, thanks. Um, of these versions, I like the Buddhist one because it it's the only one who mentions um, forgiveness, making a conscious effort to forgive all and to forgive our, ourselves as well. I think a lot of the self-harm that, or a lot of the harm that I've done has come from kind of a victim mentality in, in my treatment of others and of myself. And that ability to go back and forgive people who I thought were unforgivable has really helped. I even noticed um, last weekend, we went out to a family dinner and, you know, sat and had a wonderful conversation with my brother, you know, and it's like, that hasn't happened in seven years that I've been able to, you know, even tolerate his existence, let alone have a good conversation with him. So that um, it made the family happy. And it was very pleasant to be around without having to go home with all that hate in my heart. And uh, so I want to, I, I like the, uh, the Buddhist one with its forgiveness in it. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Valerie. Dawn, you're next. Good morning. I'm Dawn. I'm a compulsive eater and sugar addict. I like the humanist and the SOS, the humanist, because it talks about amends and not just apologies and that will do no cause no further harm. I found that I, I delayed a couple of my amends. Um, I did, a, I did an amends years ago and, and I just did it last year again, at the steps, the, the steps. And so I had some more stuff to do. And I found that I really needed to wait to, to make sure that when I was going to um, sit with this person that I was super, super clear that I wasn't, uh, you know, seeking to unburden myself for my own um, self, but to actually own and see clearly my peace um, and only deal with that, not their peace. Even if I, you know, felt they had pieces in it, that was not what this was about. So I had to, you know, do the work to release that. And I like the SOS because it make make direct amends, um, same thing, um, not to negatively impact them. What what I found so valuable about the step years ago was I grew up, we weren't allowed to make mistakes. <laughs> so um carried, you know, and I made them and I carried this deep, deep shame. Um, because I was imperfect and I, you know, was reactory and I, you know, did, did some things. And so what this allowed me to do was to 
um, come to a place where I realized, realized I could, um, I could accept that I was imperfect. I could accept that I'd harmed others and I could do something about it. And it, and the, the burden, the lifting that burden, it was like amazing because anytime I do something, um, I'm probably a little, you know, over-focused on <laughs> how my behavior might impact others. And I'm working on that as well, but you know, I carry that. I carry, I carry things for years and years and years. And um, it's, it just was really helpful to be able to, to uh, do what I can to make up for it and let it finally let it go. Thank you, Don. Jean. Hi, I'm Jean. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I'm new to this program. And so um, I'm going to just, I was in a 12-step program before, um, and the steps, well, we're not going to go there. That was 30 years ago. Um, however, that looking at these, the way it's set up in OA, um, I would say the two that seemed uh, to really hit me was the proactive, because it, it's kind of where I'm at in my life. And as I said, I'm, I'm not working step nine, but I'm looking at what applies and what uh, connects with me. Um, and the other one is the Buddhist, uh, made direct amends to such people wherever possible. Um, in addition, made a conscientious, conscientious you know what I'm saying, effort to forgive all those who have harmed us. Um, that in particular seems significant to me because uh, I am Buddhist and it fits in with the, uh, one of the nine precepts. And one of them is uh, right speech. And so it's mindful of what I'm saying now. And to me, these steps are saying, let's look back and be aware of what you're saying back then. So it's kind of a balance with the way things are right now. Um, however, I will say that um, being no, new to the program, my head is still kind of spinning. So um, thank you very much. Thank you, Jean. The next thing we're going to do is take turns reading different authors' insights on step nine, and then share our thoughts. Anyone who'd like to read, please raise your hand. I'll call on you in the order that your hand goes up. Dawn, I believe you were first. Let me check. Yes, indeed you were. Go ahead, please. Alan Berger. We learn to be responsible for our behavior. We learn how to respect others, and we learn that we are as important as others, no more and no less. Pass. Thank you. And Maria. Uh, Martha Cleveland, to make an amend means to change our attitudes and behaviors and to keep them changed. Making an amend may mean apologizing, or it may mean making an internal commitment, but it always means changed attitudes and actions. An amend is not meant to repair a relationship, only to acknowledge our mistake, clear our past, and correct our future behavior. That's all. That's enough. Pass. Thank you. And Matt? Um, I'm reading Stephanie Covington. What does it mean to make amends to another person? It means taking responsibility for your part in a relationship. Responsibility refers to the ability to respond appropriately. When you do, you extend hope for something new to yourself and to another person. Pass. Thank you, Matt. Karen. Gabor Mate. Step nine is not about us, but about others. Its purpose is not to make us feel or look good, 
but to provide restitution where that's appropriate. Our fears of how we will look to others should neither drive this step or inhibit it. Pass. Thank you. And Jenny. Therese Jacob Stewart. Once we have atoned for our wrongs, even if the other person is not inclined to forgive us, even if this person is not willing to own his or her own part in the difficulty, we need to let go. We can experience the relief of having no secrets, making no excuses, and holding no pretenses. Pass. Thank you. And uh, Monty. Sergey Prengel. With the proactive 12 steps, we are not limiting the nature of the change to doing something morally reprehensible and making amends for it. We're talking about paying attention to behavior patterns that are not what you want to be doing. Then the focus is on understanding them to find better alternatives for your own sake and others. That is part of your learning to interact with people differently. It is much better to change how you act so that the apology corresponds to a genuine change. One thing I've noticed now that my eating is more in control, I'm experiencing hunger and getting um, hungry before meals. And uh, I don't know what the word is for it, like hunger, you know, I'm getting really irritable when <laughs> Hungry. <laughs> when I was eating constantly, it was never an issue. But so I get more irritable and I'll snap at people and my tone of voice won't be what I meant. So I find I'm apologizing more frequently. Sorry, I didn't mean to sound so snappish. I'm just, you know, um, I'm getting hungry or I'm just irritable. It's got nothing to do with you. So. Uh, I think that's it. Just recognizing um, you, if you take make little changes, you can get back to where you want to be very quickly. Whereas if you know you postpone it and postpone it, and suddenly you know days turn into weeks, turn into years, then they're a really big deal when you try to make that kind of an amend. So that's it. I'll pass. Thank you, Monty. Okay. As before, what we will do is we will share on um, our thoughts on the interpretations of these steps. And for those who don't mind being recorded, that's uh, who we will talk to first. And Linda, your hand is up. Go ahead, please. Hi, I'm Linda, compulsive overeater. Uh, I really like the insights from Serge Prango uh, about the behavior patterns and creating a genuine change uh for me the step nine is uh mostly making amends to myself uh because it's mostly self-harm for me and it has been uh, i'm working the step right now and it's been very uh, a strange thing to do but it's uh, like somebody said it's all about forgiving yourself and uh trying to be, be honest about what you've done and what where you're going uh, but for me, it was um, a part of it was telling people about partially about my new habits and uh, to prevent some kind of fallback, but also teaching them how to treat me going forward. And that meant like what is okay and not to talk about. And uh, it's kind of part of the um, like the proactive step of uh, applying new behaviors and living amends. So I won't 
internalize what, all their comments and uh, opinions going forward, but telling them right away, like, we talked about this, we don't mention my weight or whatever it could be. And that kind of brings on the behavior patterns that it, if it before was somebody made a comment about my weight, uh, it made me sad, I didn't say anything, and then I went, went home and binged, uh, that will probably change due to that simple talk to just let them know this is not something we discuss anymore. So it's for me, it's all about not internalizing and just telling people right away if they try to, or if they say something that's not okay with me anymore. Anyway, with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Linda. Karen, you're up. Hi. Um, you know, I'm, I'm identify with all of these different interpretations and with what everyone has been saying uh, today about this. And um, I particularly love the, the hung angry. And I, I can remember years ago walking across Boston Common with my husband. And I guess I was like, you know, getting really ugly. And he literally stopped and patted me on the head, which he never should, should have done because that was so condescending. But that's what he did. And then he said, you must be getting hungry. And, uh, and then, of course, when, as soon as he said that, I flipped out. And I mean, I, was, I wasn't just yipping, yipping. I was screaming my head off out in public walking across, you know, the crowded area. And uh, so I identify with that. And also um, with the whole thing of him talking about my food, are you supposed to be eating that? Or, or looking at the list of ingredients on the food. And um, so 30 years ago, I made it pretty clear to him that he was not to talk about my food. My food is my business and not his business. And so that's been going pretty well. The thing on this that has really struck me, though, is that you make you make your amends and you make the change and you stick to the change. I have, I don't know if I've ever done that. I mean, I think I've made amends to my husband about 5,050 times, but I have never upheld the, the change. And also with other people, I think I would go back to food or I would go back to my, uh, my uh, not really nice behaviors. And um, that is, that's been really tough. And, and I almost feel like, as a result of that pattern, I almost feel like I can't stick to much of anything. That sure, I'll say something, but it's it's not going to happen when it's given me, or I have given myself, I guess, kind of a defeatist kind of thought pattern and behavior. And um, so it's good to be here looking at that and, and to be working on these steps and step nine again and to think, well, okay, here's another opportunity. There's always an opportunity and I can do it. So what if I fail 5,000 times in the past? I can try now and do the best that I can as the person I am right now today. And uh, so this, I, I really like this step in talking about and uh, talking about it and sticking to our changes or my changes past. Thanks, Karen. Jenny. Hi, Jenny Shigarata, Compulsive Eater. You know, what Karen was just saying, I was just thinking about for myself when I'm working on doing amends or changing my behavior, I can only handle like one change at a time. I can't look at like all of my character defects and like handle all of them all at once. And so recently I've been making more of a um, living amends to my son because I've been, he's 22 years old and married and has a real job and everything. And I'm just still constantly, you know, 
there over mothering him. And I just need, have decided, okay, that's the behavior I'm going to work on is just to let him be him and just step back. And, you know, it's part of my amends process to him, but this will also, you know, hopefully have farther reaching effects. Maybe if I learn not to be so meddling with my son, I don't have to be meddling with other people. But I did want to say about like these insights is that I just really love how there is kind of like a gem in each one of them. And some of them even sort of contradict each other, but I don't know. In the Therese Jacob Stewart, I do like how we can experience the relief of having no secrets, making no excuses and holding no pretenses. And I do know that when I made amends to certain people um, and for some people, they were dead. And so, you know, I, I told my sponsor about it and then I, you know, wrote a letter to my dead person, but I was just able to feel like some relief and also to have, you know, a sponsor to work with on this. She helped me see that even though, you know, this person wasn't still there for me to talk in person, that maybe, you know, what I was holding on to might not have been as big as I thought it was, but it just, it was so great to be able to talk about it. And, um, you know, we can make amends to those that are no longer around too. I mean, and that's for us is to be able to let go of some of, you know, either shame or resentment. Um, anyway, pass. Thanks, Jenny. Dawn, please. Hello again. Um, I, yeah, I really like the um, nuggets in Gabor Mate's where it's not about us and, and the contradictions too, like Jenny said. Um, it's not about us. But then the uh, Teresa, uh, you know, clearing the slate and com complete honesty and no excuses any longer. I like that. And then surge with the patterning and change behaviors. My first go at um, my first go around is is the you know the the concrete amends. Um, there was I'll just give a little example. I I broke into a cabin when I was young, stole some alcohol and. Uh, and a um, camera. And there's no way I was going to put an ad in the newspaper about that. I live in a <laughs> tiny town. But um, I did make a pretty substantial donation to the youth group. And I told the youth leader about what I'd done. And so they had a big pizza party and uh, did whatever with the money. So that, you know, I feel I feel pretty good about that. And I'm not breaking into any buildings. <laughs> for, not for decades. <laughs> um, but the but the other stuff, the last couple of years have been the deep patterns. Last year, it was this uh, recognition that my my codependent behaviors were pretty harmful, and you know I I acted like I didn't matter for years, and um, then resented everybody who didn't treat me like I mattered. <laughs> And so that, a year of working on that. And now the one that's coming up for me lately is this, um, this paralyzing, um, paralyzing self-doubt and, and the myriad of ways that has played out in my life and harm, harming myself and others. And so that is the pattern I'm working on this year. And it, it does, it, you know, healing is layers and layers, but if we can get that the concrete stuff out of the way then the then we then we have the freedom to for the other stuff to come up hopefully in in digestible pieces thanks thank you don judy 
Uh, Judy, still habitual, compulsive, overeater, and sugar addict. Uh, of these, um, they do all speak to me. I like Alan Berger, starting with, we learn to be responsible for our behavior. Responsibility is something I've really struggled with. Uh, and um, also with uh, Martha Cleveland and Serge Pringle, the that you're changing yourself, that this is the the, the step where you finally, because you're taking action, um, you're, you're starting to make those changes. And I appreciate all of those thoughts. Um, I was spoiled as a child, uh, which included give, being given pretty much anything I wanted to eat anytime, but also not really having to be responsible for myself. On top of that, uh, I think I'm echoing something somebody already, already said. Emotions were not really allowed in my house. We, we didn't do that. And I struggled to this day with um, shaming myself for daring to express my emotions. Uh, when I first started in program, anytime I told a truth in a meeting, I, when the meeting was done, I was like in tears because how could I tell someone these things? How could I, you know, that's not supposed to ever be said. And uh, that's been one of the amends I'm trying to work with myself, this freedom to, to express myself, to acknowledge that what I have to say has some value equated with that is I do also have the physical issue of hangry. And that's a physical issue because long before I was diagnosed with diabetes, because such a heavy percentage of my diet came from sugar, I had major um, blood sugar issues. And I would often, if I wasn't eating regularly, find myself wilting and being in tears and being angry and being, you know, just, just having a meltdown because of that. Uh, so I had you know, what's one of the reasons my introduction is so complicated. I had the emotional side of having been raised this way. I had the physical side that was affecting my emotional side. Uh, and I had it all going on. And this program is helping me bring all of this into, in, into focus and into some sort of sense of understanding and control. Uh, so it's, but it's always good to have these conversations. And for example, for me, uh, when I'm making amends, uh, I, you know, we're talking about all of this, so I'm kind of all over the place. One of the things I have found to do, because I have told this story years ago, I worked for a book chain that is long out of business. No part of this company exists anymore. And we were allowed to borrow books and bring them back. And I very often borrowed them and never brought them back. So essentially, I did steal from the business. And I can't make amends. They don't exist for me to go back and pay for those books. So the way I do that is when I see a chain that uh, is it's Christmas time and they have books up and it's like, do you want to buy a book to donate, you know, to donate to kids? I will always say yes. I always buy books to donate to kids or another, you know, I buy school supplies to donate to kids. I, I, I do a lot of that kind of donation and, and for it to count for me in my mind, I have to be spending the money then and there. Uh, so that I am paying back for what I've done in the past, because by stealing those books, not only did I steal business, but I stole the chance for somebody else to enjoy that book, in my opinion. So now I'm helping other people receive things they can enjoy. Uh, so that's my example of one of the ways I make amends when I can't make amends, if that makes sense. Um <laughs> And uh, finally, I will make a quick note for anybody who is struggling with making amends with yourself. 
I truly recommend the Lifeline article called The Underwear Amends, and you can find it at oalifeline.org. Uh, and it's just a fun little article uh, that is um, essentially God-free, not actively secular, but essentially God-free. And, uh, and it's about a woman realizing exactly what uh, amends to self mean. So I recommend that. Uh, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Judy. Elaine. Hi. Hi again. I realize that with all our naughtiness, a lot of us have changed that into good. Which is uh, it's a nice thing. Um, uh, the second point I want to make is about amends. I could make amends. I should. I would. I would. I mean, I can't think of the word. Uh, make amends to my ex-husband, but not sure how to handle the fact that he is a really toxic man, and I would get. Look for it. I would get pulled in and somehow chewed up alive. And he does it so skillfully, it's sort of scary. So uh, I don't expect any answers here. I just want to put that out there that that will be a challenge for me. It may be a letter that I don't send. That sounds like a good idea. But to make an amend to him, I think would really be toxic to me. And with that, I'll end. Thank you, Elaine. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to support our efforts, please visit secularovereaters.org and consider making a donation. 